This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. Today, I'm delighted to have Maria Emmerich. She is a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She struggled with her health and weight throughout childhood, which led her to become such a passionate nutrition expert. My goal is to help transform people's lives and start living again. Maria specializes in brain neurotransmitters and how food can increase mental wellness. Her expertise has sent her around the world speaking about ketogenic diets, and she's also cooked with Halle Berry and writes for Halle's website. Welcome. It's so nice to have you today. And you graciously, I know you're many hours behind where I am on the East Coast. You were so gracious to, you know, kind of acclimate. I know you have a lot going on right now. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for people like you that reach out and want to give information to people for free to help them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my family's down at the beach right now, but I'll join them in a little bit. I know. Oh, good. Well, I think one of the good starting point for our discussion today is really hearing a little bit about your story, which I think is really motivational. And I love that there's this connection, like you've always been connected to food in many ways and how you were starting to put these recognizing how important nutrition is in terms of our health or disease and how your own health journey kind of spurned this change in your life's journey. Yeah, I believe it was like all serendipity. (laughs) But when I was 16 years old, I wasn't feeling well, I was twice my size. And I went to my family doctor, and I didn't even tell my parents I was going, I just made the appointment and went, because I had some serious issues going on. And at that appointment, I was told I had PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian Mm -hmm. syndrome, which is basically a type two diabetes that affects female fertility. I was given an acid blocker because I had pretty severe acid reflux. I was given an antidepressant because I was depressed and I was given something for IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. So I was a complete mess. And the doctor at the time told me it was nothing I was doing wrong. It was just the cards I was dealt. But let me tell you, I worked at a coffee shop where before I went to school, I would make the scones and the cinnamon rolls and the muffins and these amazing cookies. And then after school, I would go back and sell and work behind the counter. And then about five o'clock, we would close and whatever didn't sell that day. I got to take it home. And (laughs) I would make extra cinnamon rolls just to make sure I would have some of those because I loved them so much. But that very same week, I took my beautiful gold retriever to the vet because she was losing patches of her hair. And the first question the vet asked me was, what are you feeding her? And I was like, boom, that's huge, you know? And we went home and I changed Tiva's diet and her hair grew back. And I was like, well, dang, this was 23 years ago. So there wasn't Google. I couldn't Google what causes PCOS because... When a doctor tells you, Maria, you're not going to have your own children. Wow. You know, it was pretty mind blowing. So I just started doing some research, what was causing that. And it was, it's clear Mm -hmm. PCOS is excess androgens in a female body. And what causes excess androgens too much caffeine, sugar, and carbohydrates. And like, that's what I lived off of. I drank mochas and caffeine was hard for me to give up, but it was huge when it came to healing my hormonal health. And were you 16 years old when you made all those transitions? I mean, that's impressive. That's incredibly impressive. So 
I was 16 and I made some of those changes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an overnight process. You know, like in college, when I would look at a syllabus, I would get real anxious about all of these things I had to accomplish in a semester. And so I would always pick one thing at a time, Mm -hmm. accomplish that and move on to the next. And that's how it called me. And that's how I ran marathons. It was one mile at a time. If I looked at 26.2 miles, I would freak out, not even try. But with my health journey, it was every week I would make a new goal, accomplish that and pick a new goal that felt accomplishable because I wanted to be successful. So no, it wasn't an overnight process, but you know, it was a healing process. And, you know, people you work with, people I work with, their diet today is going to look so much different a year from now, five years from now, it's going to look much better. It evolves. It's, you know, like peeling an onion. Oh, I love that analogy. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I use that analogy quite a bit. And I know I have to agree with you that for all of us, I mean, everyone that's listening, myself included, you know, I went gluten-free and then my autoimmune disorder went away. And then I went dairy-free and the pesky pounds I couldn't get rid of in perimenopause went away. And then, you know, two years ago, I had a lengthy hospitalization came out and had to do carnivore. And so I love that you're saying that these things will evolve, shift and change throughout our lifetime and just being open-minded. Like I never in a million years would have guessed I would have gone like low carb, but that became a natural extension of so much of what I was already doing. And I probably have been more ketogenic than I probably realized, you know, as I was trying to track macros when we were, you know, after my hospitalization, because my digestion was such a mess and trying to, you know, I was like, all I can tolerate is steak and like burgers. And that's what I dream about. And I drink, you know, water and eat, you know, things like tangerines. Like I was obsessed with vitamin C and I was obsessed with red meat. And those are absolutely some of the things that helped heal my gut. But I guess one of the things that I was curious about was this natural evolution for you. Did it morph into keto or did it start as low carb? I mean, how did that, because what you're really known for is this incredibly delicious, keto compliant, non-junkified <laughs> recipes and this movement that you've really helped solidify and, and evolve. I mean, it's interesting when I was listening to you on the low carb MD podcast, and obviously I know Tro and Brian well, and they speak so highly of you as well. And, you know, they were both like, you know, bowing at your temple and just saying, thank you for making keto compliant fun foods. Thank you for not junkifying them because there's junk food in every nutritional dogma or area of nutrition that we can think of. And that's where I think we go off the rails. We as a society go off the rails is that we're so focused on processed foods. We've been convinced we don't have time to cook, that it's easier to buy this processed junk. And, you know, the processed food industry, you know, they try to stay a couple steps behind us, but they're always coming out with bars and cookies and crackers and things that are quote unquote compliant. But at the end of the day, that's just guised as more processed crap in our diet. You know, you're so right. I guess, you know, was it called keto 23 years ago? No, but I was because I couldn't. What happened was when I started cutting out the grains and the sugars and the gluten and the caffeine, my depression went away. I didn't even lose weight right away. But the fact that my moods, like people that know me now, they're like, who are you? You know, <laughs> because like my attitude towards life, everything is so much different. And not like I was an angry person, but I was definitely like a more melancholy person. Mm-hmm. What was me? 
you know, kind of a depressed, always, you know, sad, but now it's like, you know, I'm a totally different person. And that's what kept me on the diet. And that's mm-hmm. why I love this. And that's why I got so passionate about, so why did that happen? The brain neurotransmitters and like where they come from, how foods turn them on and what foods turn them off, you know? And you're right. What happened was with any diet, with the popularity of keto, all of these stupid products started getting on the market. And if it comes from a package, you have to think twice, mm-hmm. you know, they're compromising it in some way. And it's just really, you know, it's sad and it's frustrating that, you know, this bar is only two net carbohydrates. If you count net carbohydrates, you're going to fail. It doesn't, you know, if it looks like a Kit Kat and it tastes like a Kit Kat, it's a candy bar. Mm -hmm. Let's not say that it's a keto bar. You know, if it tastes like a candy bar, just treat it like one. Don't say that this is a part of your diet or replace it with real food. And that's the thing, like people say, like you mentioned, I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. They, they tell themselves this, Hey, you know what? I'm a busy working mom. I have a keto college. I have clients all day. I'm writing four books at the moment, wow. working with Allie Berry. We homeschool our children. Like, don't give me that excuse. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm giving you some tough love, but don't say that you're too busy. Yeah. I'm too busy, but it's a priority. And I'm very open and I teach everybody my tips and tricks on how I do make this a successful lifestyle. And you know what, if you open my fridge and my freezer, there's so much food prepared where all my kids have to do is take one of my like protein waffles out of the freezer and toast it like it was an Eggo waffle that you bought at the store. And it gets to be like a habit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why you mentioned like, you know, were you keto way back then? I'm so glad that I became that way 23 years ago, because now my friends are 40 and they're like, help. It's hard to change your habits after 40 years. But after 16, it was much more manageable. Mm -hmm. Like I was always a great athlete, but I was just literally one of the biggest athletes. And so when my friends would go to Tasty Treat, which is the ice cream shop after our swim practice or whatever sport I was in at the time, I didn't go with them because mm-hmm. I just couldn't. And so I just started making different healthier habits and it made me such a better person. And, you know, now those people that went to the tasty treat for that long, they're coming to me. They're like, Oh man, I can't do the ice cream anymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I have some good recipes if you want to switch to those. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting how being an outlier at a certain stage in your life all of a sudden it seems not so weird anymore. Like I'm in the latter part of my forties and I went to my 30th high school reunion two years ago. And I just recall how surprised I was. I was like, wow. I mean, people just looked very, some people looked great. Most people looked very inflamed and didn't look healthy. And they kept saying, you know, what are you doing? And I said, I really just, I mean, I love the way I eat because I feel very nourished. I sleep well. I don't get hot flashes. I'm able to maintain, you know, the way my body composition in a way that makes me very happy. I have plenty of energy and every person listening has the potential for that as well. And that's what I love that we're both coming from the same place. So a lot of where, you know, I've kind of plugged myself into this niche of women and hormones and midlife and how to get through midlife and thrive and not just survive. So 
a lot of women come to keto because they want to lose weight. Like that's the mentality, same thing with intermittent fasting. And so it's been my experience that there are unique needs to women that are different from men. And I would really love for you to kind of touch on like what makes women different. You know, we're not many men. That's always kind of my standard mantra. And what are some of the mistakes you see women making when they come to not just intermittent fasting, but when they come into keto with the intention of changing their body composition or trying to lose weight and they get stuck and they get frustrated. And then they're like, well, keto doesn't work. And I'm like, no, no, there's usually specific reasons why that happens. And that's the thing. Like people assume the Mm -hmm. keto diet is automatically for weight loss. That's not true. It originated for a diet for epilepsy or seizures. Mm -hmm. And that's, I work with those families all the time. My kids are 10 and 11. They eat exactly what I make. They're totally keto. They're, you know, eat maybe 20 total carbs a day. That's how they live. It's not for weight loss. They actually were not even on the growth charts when we first adopted them. And now they're at the 85th percentile. So, right. It just depends on how you do it. For women, especially in a hormonal disruption state, I will say the biggest mistakes I see, they do fat bombs, fat fast, egg fast. They don't hit their protein goal and they have their fat dial way too high. They're living off of cheese and nuts. And it's so funny because some of my first books, they were dairy-free, nut-free, protein forward. I used to write about a pure protein day. So Mm -hmm. one of my first books that I wrote, I talked about a pure protein day where you turn the fat dial down, you turn the carbohydrates almost to zero and you focus on lean proteins. And then this whole keto lifestyle, some of these keto influencers would tell me too much protein turns into sugar. And I was like, oh really? You know, okay. You know, I kind of was so influential back then and I was just, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay. So you have to eat a lot of fat. Diving into it, I tried this. Guess what? I gained a lot of weight back. And so my husband's like, go back to your beliefs. And then we, mm-hmm. he's Mr. Scientist, his background mm-hmm. is being a scientist. So he's like, okay, looking into everything. Yeah. If you eat too much fat, if your body's already overweight and you want to use body fat for fuel, you need to turn the fat dial down. And so we have a free calculator on my website. If you go to ketomaria.com, you'll find a free calculator. And for women, what you want to do is find out what your lean mass is and everybody's lean mass is different. And this is why your macros will be different, especially from a man and you will get your protein goal. That's a goal. You have to hit your protein macro. The fat is a lever. You don't have to hit it, but you wouldn't want to go over it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The lower you dial the fat down, the more you'll use your body fat. You do want to hit a certain percent grams because like 30 grams of fat That's going to help with gallbladder health. Mm -hmm. It will help with hormones. And then when it comes to carbohydrates, you don't have to eat any, like, you know, you know, you could be a total carnivore. I wrote a carnivore cookbook because of my husband's Lyme disease. You don't have to eat fiber to go number two. That's a big, (laughs) a lot of people I work with, they're like, oh, Maria, I'm constipated now because I'm not eating enough fiber. Think about newborn babies. They Mm -hmm. poo all the time. They don't eat any fiber but the colon does need salt and hydration. And what happens on the keto diet, when you eliminate all these carbohydrates, along goes a lot of water loss. And this is that five, 10 pounds you lose in a week. And then you're like, yay, look at all the weight I lost. Well, (laughs) a lot of it is water retention going out, but that's good. You're getting rid of that water retention, that inflamed look that you're talking Mm -hmm. about. 
But with all that water loss goes a lot of electrolytes like potassium, magnesium, zinc, salt. And you can't just drink more water because there's no carbohydrates to retain the water. You're just going to pee all the time. You need to be very cognizant about how much salt you're getting in a day, because if you're just eating eggs and steak and, you know, all of these foods that don't have sodium in it, you're not eating the packaged keto bars, you're not eating the rice, you're not eating the pasta, you're not eating the bread. And even like a McDonald's milkshake has more sodium in it than their French fry does. Sodium is everywhere. It's in every packaged food that you buy. And so when you start eating real food like eggs, there's no sodium in it. And if you are listening to that dogma to be afraid of salt, then you're going to be dehydrated. You're going to have heavy legs walking upstairs. You're going to have constipation. You're going to have low moods. That's not the keto diet that caused it. It's because you're not getting enough salt. So... I don't even know what your original question was, but I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, it's beautiful because you're touching on things I was hoping that you would. We were kind of evolving, yeah. like what do women, when they come to keto, what are they doing right? And what are they doing wrong? And, and you touched on a couple of the things. And I think electrolytes are just so underappreciated. Like my whole background as a nurse practitioner was in cardiology. And so I got ridiculously savvy with magnesium in particular, but you know, potassium and sodium. And I laugh about the dogma that I used to tell my patients. Like when I was a newbie nurse practitioner around 2000, 2001, we were low fat, non-fat, no butter, no steak, no eggs. I mean, it was like, I can just imagine patients probably thought I was advocating that they eat a cardboard diet because that's probably what their food tasted like. And it was probably just as nutritious as eating cardboard. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that women are doing wrong. And like you said, they're being told that saturated fat is bad, but as women, you know, what a big deal bone health is Mm -hmm. going through menopause. The sheath of your bones are made up of saturated fats. Mm -hmm. And so if you are like a vegetarian or you're staying away from saturated fat and you use only olive oil and things that, you know, are devoid of that, when you break a bone, it's not just going to break, it's going to shatter. And then if you go into the route of using Boniva and those like fake bone, you know, prescription drugs that puts fake bone on top of unhealthy bone. And that's when they shatter. And that's when you have a big problem when you break a bone. I got to tell you, my great grandma, her name was Minnie. When we were at, she was 93 years old and we were at Christmas and she opened the door, which she thought was to the bathroom, but it was to the basement. And she fell all the way down the steps onto a concrete floor and she didn't break one bone. Because I would go over to her house, I was 10 years old or so, and I would help clean her fridge and clean her house. And I remember in the fridge, she always had a coffee cup with this stuff in it. And I was like, can I throw this away? She's like, that's liquid gold. I was like, it's not liquid. <laughs> it was lard. Yep. And that's what she cooked in. And that's why she didn't break a bone because she was always eating saturated fats, you know? And now we're told to eat margarine and this and that. And that's just big problem too. Like if you're using, you know, you can do the keto diet. And I see a lot of keto influencers on Instagram promoting like craft mayo. Oh, They'll do like, <laughs> they'll do promotions with like even Paul Newman, Paul Newman salad dressings. And they're paid to do these promotions. If you look at what oils they're using, they're it's oils, oils mm. that are changing the structure of your cell. If you want to have memory loss, If you want to have weight gain, if you want to have, 
you know, MS or whatever these diseases are, that's when your cells start to look like plastic and they don't talk well. And that's when weight gain is very easy. And you use Kraft Mayo, Hellman's Mayo, Paul Newman salad, any salad dressing at the grocery store. Those are hydrogenated oils. I actually think that's worse than sugar. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of beam minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water and you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.bminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.bminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 
12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. It's interesting that you say that because I've gotten really outspoken about seed oils. I think the statistic that Ben Bickman said probably two weeks ago was that the number one consumed fat in the United States right now is soybean oil. So when you're talking about prepackaged dressings and, and most of the prepackaged mayos, as well as you know soybean oil proliferates in everything, you're getting a healthy dose of seed oils and much to your credit, it damages your mitochondria. So when you talk about your cells, you get this mitochondrial dysfunction. And we know that that's more common as we get older, but it doesn't have to be what happens. And so really critical that you, if you do nothing else, read food labels so you can educate yourself about what to avoid. And the mitochondria is where you oxidize fat. That's where you get energy from. So if you want to, like you said, most women want to lose weight, have good energy. I don't drink any caffeine. And this energy is just like, you know, it's just from food, you know, food should be your fuel. It shouldn't be, I mean... I think there's a fine balance. I had this great opportunity to do some like TV show things in New Orleans and they took me to Muriel's, which is like the famous mm-hmm. restaurant in New Orleans. I'm saying it wrong. New Orleans or whatever. <laughs> um, but they we were upstairs in this special room and they were telling me here in the South, we live to eat. We don't eat to live. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening to me because I think there's a fine balance. I think it's mm-hmm. okay to enjoy food. But when it takes over your life, that's a problem. Yeah, it shouldn't be hedonism. Right. Like, I want to eat good food. I don't eat cardboard, like you said. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat chicken breast and broccoli. But I also love that I can go out on my paddleboard with whales for an hour and not worry about, ooh, I need to be back for lunch. Because I remember those days. It wasn't hunger. It was hangry where I want to be back for mealtime. And when I was having breakfast, I was thinking about lunch. I love that doesn't plague my life anymore, but I also enjoy food. I think that there's a really great balance at the moment. Well, and I think, you know, our lives are meant to be enjoyed. And, you know, I love that you have a strong connection to nature. I think the gift of COVID for me personally is that, you know, I've gotten into this practice of, I was always walking my dogs. Let me preface this, but my husband and I have gotten into this practice of, you know, we walk the dogs outside in the sunshine without sunglasses in the morning and we do it in the afternoon. And you know, that helps my sleep. And as a middle-aged female, that sometimes can be a little bit more challenging. You know, it's definitely a pain point, you know, weight gain is a pain point for many women, sleep quality, which can be problematic. Now I've come to find there are specific things, foods that can, you know, impact not just weight gain, but can also impact sleep quality. And so 
you know, there's very much what I refer to as like a wine culture for, you know, women that have kids that it's very normal for mom to put the kids to bed. And then she has a couple glasses of wine and goes to bed herself. And so, you know, maybe that works for some people when they're younger, but I know in our forties and fifties and beyond it dysregulates our blood sugar and impacts cortisol and, you know, suppresses melatonin. And so I always say like, that's the perfect storm for not getting a good night's sleep, which is kind of a bummer because every once in a while, I'd love to have a martini or a glass of wine, but more often than not lately, I just don't, I just abstain entirely, which for listeners, I promise I'm a fun person, but I've just kind of gotten to a point where my sleep quality is far more important to me than me having an alcoholic beverage. And I do find that that is problematic for a lot of middle-aged women as well. Well, absolutely. Like I want to lead with this. I have the great opportunity. Some travel agencies reached out to me to do trips around the world. So it's amazing, by the way. Thank you. You should come. I, I would mean, love to. We do. It's a VIP trip where we stay in castles. It's amazing. And we do wine tours. So the first night that we went to Italy, this was my first trip. We sat down to dinner and nobody sat by me. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> I stood up and I said, okay, everybody. I was married to my husband. For the first eight years of our life, he ate nothing keto and I loved him just the same. As long as you don't judge me, I won't judge you. So let's get that clear. If you want limoncello, if you want wine, if you want pasta, I really don't care. This is your trip. If you want to eat keto, I'm going to give you great, delicious food that's keto. So let's get that over with because I am not a judgy person, but I do want to educate everybody. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I'm going to educate your listeners. This was interesting because it came up yesterday. I said, wow, Craig, I've never personally bought alcohol at the store in my life ever because I drank way too much before I turned 21. Once mm -hmm. I turned 21, I was like, eh, not so fun. Mm -hmm. I had PCOS, which alcohol, you talk about melatonin and cortisol, mm -hmm. all that alcohol increases estrogen by 300%. So when you see a male with a big beer belly, yep. and you think it's funny. It's not a funny beer belly. It's an estrogen belly. Yeah. It's Just an aromatization. Like, yeah. So if you really like, if your goal is to lose that last 10, 20, 50 pounds for a month, I say, give it a month, cut the alcohol out. What's really scary is with COVID alcohol sales mm -hmm. went up by 70%. Yeah. So if you are like, it's springtime, you're on this new health journey. I say, just cut it out for a month and you will notice that your sleep gets way better. Cause what happens when the estrogen rises by that much, it shunts progesterone. Mm -hmm. And when you can fall asleep, cause some people say, well, I fall asleep much easier when I do have a drink, but then I wake up at like two, three am like bing, that's that low progesterone. So an alcoholic beverage, you might pass out but then you're waking up intermittently having frequent urination throughout the night. It causes anxiety. That's all low progesterone. And so is it really worth it to me? I like to wake up and run in the morning, feel like a million bucks to me. It's not. And Hey, like you said, I can be a lot of fun without alcohol. So I can go to a party and just be wild and dance and crazy without that. But if you want it, just know what it does. I think it's an important distinction because I know for myself, I grew up with an alcoholic parent. And so, you know, went off to college and because I had grown up with someone that had been so emotionally abusive and, you know, alcohol for me, I had this strong association. And so I wasn't a big drinker. I was never a big drinker, but as I've gotten older, I've gotten much more confident saying, I don't feel any pressure when I, well, not that we're doing a lot of parties, but when I go to social events, I don't feel the kind of pressure. And what's been a blessing again about COVID 
is I don't drink at all. And so I've had maybe one or two drinks the entire last 13 months. And one night it put me to sleep. We were at a friend's house and they were like, what's wrong with Cynthia? She's like asleep on the couch. And I'm like, I had one drink and I was exhausted. I was like, oh my gosh, I clearly don't need to be doing this. So, you know, if you're listening and you're curious, like Maria said, I think, you know, cutting something out for a month is completely reasonable. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, bioidenticals versus supplementation. And I'm not just referring to menopausal women. I'm talking about women as they make that transition from when they're still very fertile to when they're in perimenopause. And then they make the final transition, you know, no more periods. They're no longer fertile. What are your thoughts on bioidenticals? Is that something that you're open to, or is that something you feel is very much a bio-individual decision? And the reason why I'm asking is, and this is from a traditional allopathic kind of perspective, you know, I'm trained allopathically, I'm trained functionally. And the mindset was always, okay, well, you just replace the hormones that you're losing. And I've come to believe that the lifestyle piece is what's most important, how we choose to eat, how much sleep we get, what kind of you know physical activity we do, stress management. And once all those things are dialed in, if you then still need those things, I think that's completely reasonable. But to use it as a frontline you know, strategy for many women oftentimes will exacerbate the weight gain, can exacerbate all the other issues. It becomes a Band-Aid. And I've just seen far too many women at this point that they go on bioidenticals and then they gain 15 more pounds and then they're completely depressed. Yes. I do want to touch on alcohol one more time. A lot of times we reach towards alcohol when we're depressed or anxious. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? It just makes you more depressed and anxious. And that's what food does too. Like I said, there's no judging. I just want to educate. Like I would go towards the pan of cinnamon rolls and wine. It never made me happier. It always made me sadder. So I had to find things to replace that with that did make me happier in times of sadness. Everybody's going to go through those and finding ways that actually lift your moods rather than make it worse is going to be huge. So I just want to leave everybody with that. When I think about the alcohol, (laughs) well, because with COVID there's anxiety about what's Mm going to go on and, you know, a lot of depression about things we're craving and missing doing, you know, here too. Right. But okay. So with the bioidenticals, I wasn't sure how I felt in the beginning. However, doing a lot of research and helping people through natural supplementation. First of all, yes, women doing, you know, a proper keto diet have much less hot flashes, much less tissue dryness, much less weight gain. However, sometimes it still happens. Okay. And sometimes that sleep issue, maybe you won't get hot flashes, but you wake up at like 2am like being, cause guess what? Your ovaries are no longer putting out estrogen and progesterone like they once would. And it depends on what a toxic estrogenic environment you've been in. And a lot of people, a lot of women will say, well, I went to the doctor and he said, I have like no estrogen. And there's three different types of estrogen. You know, this one's only when you're pregnant, not talking about that. One's from your ovaries. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about the third toxic estrogen that causes thyroid cancer, breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, even prostate cancer in men is an estrogen dominant cancer. A lot of people think, oh, you know, don't eat sugar. You won't get cancer. It's not that simple. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are hormone dominant cancers such as those. And in that case, you want to look at your environment. What type of chemicals are you putting on your skin? What kind of makeup are you using? What kind of shampoo? Are you living at a golf course with a lot of the toxic sprays? Do you have scented candles at your house? I know I sound like I'm crazy to some people, but I'm trying to plant a seed. Mm -hmm. All of those things give estrogen 
dominance to a body, female or male or children. And that would be, you know, that belly fat that's hard to get rid of, the sleep issues. But back to like bioidenticals, yeah, I find that it's very hard to lose weight on them, whether it be for birth control or whatever you're using them for. I was put on them. It was terrible. I couldn't lose weight with them. So really like diving into natural supplements, because that's what I needed to heal. Right before you got on the Zoom with me, I was working on a supplement plan for somebody. And that's what I do all the time. I like to get women off of these drugs and onto natural supplements that you can find in nature. I worked with a pharmacist a couple of years ago. And I remember I always ask my clients, you know, are you on any medications, supplements, multivitamins? And she said, you know what, Maria, I know that every prescription I write, there's a little bit of poison. I was like, at least you said it, not me. (laughs) So getting people off of these drugs, I think is a huge part of healing. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi Optimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna 
com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. And I think it's so challenging because again, it goes to this, you know, kind of dogma that this is the way things are. You know, I always say there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, young women when they start getting their periods and birth control and, you know, pregnancy and the postpartum period. And then, you know, maybe a little bit with women that are you know, after they've had kids and then it's like women kind of fall off a cliff and there's a lot of ageism that I acknowledge. And, you know, in my mind, I feel like I'm like 20, but I know I'm chronologically not 20, although I look much younger than my stated age. But the point of why I'm sharing this is I think we have to start this dialogue of talking about the fact that women spend 40% of their lifetime in menopause and beyond. And why wouldn't we want to feel good? Like you mentioned, like the nutrition piece and, you know, finding what strategies work best for us and not buying into this dogma of, you know, you're going out to pasture and, you know, this is going to be dry and you're not going to be able to sleep and you're just going to be puffy and bloated and just go buy. I can't remember which purse, which clothing manufacturer it is, but like everything is just loose because no one wants to wear anything tight around their abdomen because, you know, they're feeling like they've got all this accumulation of adipose tissue, which is incredibly sad. I feel sexier now than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the tissue dryness. You don't have to have the sexless marriage. Like this is all things that, you know, not only nutrition, but natural supplements would help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about some strategies. I know that you're an intermittent fasting fan as well. When women are dealing with stalls, so maybe they've changed their diet. What are some of the strategies you like to use? And I know I would love for you to talk a little bit about the protein sparing modified fast, because I think that in and of itself, I mean, when I kind of stumbled upon that, I was like, Hmm, that is something that not only am I going to try, but I'm definitely going to be recommending to my clients as well. Well, I will definitely gift you that the book, The Art of Fat Loss. So, you know, just remember to email me that I will give that to you for you to try. Um, I hope that you like it because that's the thing. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't like chicken breasts, but if you make it differently and delicious, it's a whole new thing. So yeah, intermittent fasting, it was not easy for me. I grew up on eating every two to three hours. I always had a bed night snack. I swear my mom thought we were going to night. <laughs> yes, we always had a bed night snack and it wasn't even, we weren't even hungry. My brother and I would be playing. She's like, oh, bed night snack time. And I was always like toast with honey and peanut butter or ice cream. It wasn't a healthy snack. Mm-hmm. But it was like we were going to fade away at night if we didn't. So for me, that was my hardest habit to break was even though I'm not hungry, your mind tells you that it's time to eat. And even now I'll look at the clock. And even if it's like a normal eating time, I'll be like, Oh, I wasn't hungry. But now it's like, okay, maybe I am. So kind of training yourself to follow real hunger rather than the clock. But that's just like touching on intermittent fasting. It sounds extreme, but it's just shortening the window. So your body can heal other parts of its cells. If it's always digesting food, it can't heal other parts. So when it comes to protein sparing, are you into like extended fasting? I'm going to answer this from a personal perspective. No. And I I think because a great deal of what I've read, you know, Ted Naiman really made a huge impression on me when we had a conversation saying like, it's the law of diminishing returns, especially if you're already lean and I'm already pretty lean. And then I think because two years ago I had this 13 day hospitalization and I wasn't able to eat for, I lost 15 pounds and wasn't able to eat for like two weeks. And so for me, I kind of feel like I've put in the bucket of not a longer fast for a long period of time. So I haven't done 
I think I've done one in two years. I think I've done one 30 hour fast and I don't know that I get as much out of it as I should, if I'm going to be doing it. And so it's that law of diminishing returns. So that really sticks in the back of my head. And I think there are definitely people who perhaps need a longer fast for specific reasons, whether it's, you know, it's someone who is really, you know, maybe it's someone who's going through cancer treatment in conjunction with their oncology team. And they've got their, you know, like the sign off that it's okay to do that. But I think in most instances, if you're already at a healthy weight, I'm not sure you're getting as much out of it beneficially as you might with just like a 24 hour or less fast. Okay. So here's the thing. I really don't like extended fasting because you do lose muscle mass, just Mm -hmm. like Ted Neiman was explaining it. Study after study shows you will lose lean mass. So maybe the scale will go down, but that lean mass is precious. That's Mm -hmm. very metabolically active. That's going to keep you out of a wheelchair when you age and especially women there's something called sarcopenia where you lose muscle mass and it really happens pretty fast. It's really hard to build muscle. So I would prefer, so people think that this protein sparing modified fast is really extreme, but I'm saying instead of eating nothing every other day, which some people advocate, get at least your protein in. So all you lose is fat instead of the muscle. And it works really, really well. And so I don't like people being like, oh, Maria Emmerich tells you the protein sparing modified fast is like, yeah, like one to two days a week. I'm not saying doing it for a lifetime. I'm saying to do this instead of eating zero calories. I'm being less extreme than them in my mind, but to them, it sounds like this extreme thing. But anyway, a protein sparing modified fast is where you turn the fat dial down to the about 20 to 30 grams you turn the carbohydrates down to as close to zero grams and that the protein you hit like 0.8 to one times your lean mass. And that would change depending on what lean mass is about 90 grams for a female. And what does that look like? It looks about like 800 calories of pure protein. And so it would be leaner cuts of protein. Everybody love, have you tried the protein sparing bread yet? I have not, but I do. I mean, it's earmarked. I mean, I was laughing last night. I was going through the book. That's not a protein sparing book, but that's a different one. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But we were going through this last night and I said, everyone talks about Maria's bread. And so my kids being boys and being very physically active, they were like bread. I mean, you never make bread. So it's on like the to-do list. Yes. Oh, awesome. Because it's like wonder bread. It's super, super soft. Um, They'd be all over that. (laughs) And like my kids, I make French toast with it and I make protein sparing French toast with it. It's two ingredients to make this bread. And then you can make sandwiches with it, like a lean ham Mm -hmm. or a turkey sandwich with some mustard. So that's like a great way to get your protein. And that's delicious. It's not eating like a dry chicken breast. Otherwise I have like a bourbon chicken, which tastes like sweet and sour chicken. That's really, really delicious. And then I do an egg fried rice. So you take egg whites and you make like a fried rice with it. And, you know, you have little balls of rice. It tastes really good. And so, you know, I'm kind of just like this magician in the kitchen that tries to make delicious food, but I want to do it because I want people to see this as Mm -hmm. like a lifestyle, but you know, this idea where, you know, you make yourself not eat anything for a day. I'm saying do this so you don't lose your lean mass. People say that they sleep better. The weight is falling off. They're breaking a stall that they haven't been able to lose weight on the keto diet for two years. And this is helping them break a stall. It's amazing. I will say though, like that book you have, the cleanse mm-hmm. book, it's dairy and nut free for a reason, you yeah. know? Because a lot of people on the keto diet, they're living off of almonds and cheese. 
And that's going to just cause weight gain. It's going to cause constipation too. Constipation, dairy and nuts, they're really good for causing constipation. So meat will not. Well, I love that you talk quite openly about the fact that you think of nuts as carbs, because I think for so many of us, we're like, oh, nuts and nut butters are fats. And yes, there's a component of that. But when you say it that way, it's like, oh, so this explains, I mean, I get the dairy thing because I haven't eaten dairy in about four years and dairy was always very hard to limit. And my kids could go through dairy like it's tomorrow, but the nut piece, I think for so many women, they're like, oh, I've got, I mean, I love macadamia nuts, but I, I will portion out a quarter cup and that's all I have. You're not trying to lose weight either. You're yeah. already like maintaining weight is so yeah. much easier than trying to lose it. And that's why I would like people to just hit it hard, lose the weight, get to your maintenance. And then you can have macadamia, mm-hmm. then you can have some things again. And if you don't have an autoimmune issue, you can maybe have some dairy again. Mm-hmm. No. And I think it's really interesting to kind of, you know, take that mindset shift because that's so important, but getting back to the proteins, very modified fast, I always say monogamy is good, but as it pertains to fasting and food, we want variety. And so I think it's really critically important that people are varying what they do. And I love the idea of this because people are still eating. You're not suffering through a day or two days of fasting, which I never loved. I was always one of those people. I could hydrate. I could drink green tea. I could ex, I mean, do all the things, but in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I really want to eat some food. And I agree with you that, you know, sarcopenia, this muscle loss with aging really accelerates, you know, after 40 and, and you lose quite a bit. And so some of that can be maintained if you're lifting, if you're doing strength training and you're getting enough, you know, protein and amino acids in your diet. But, you know, I, I look at, some of the genetics piece. And obviously we can't change our genetics. You know, my, both my grandmothers had osteopenia and probably osteoporosis. I'm already osteopenic at this point. And so for me, it is going to be an uphill battle. And it's a constant discussion with my nurse midwife, who is like, she's like, you need to go on, you know, bioidenticals and you need to do this. And we should think about, and I was like, I'm not going on any of the Bonivas or any of those drugs. Like that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Do you do vitamin K2? I do. My vitamin D levels are good as well. And I do a lot. I mean, I do everything as proactively. It's been this waxing and waning issue over the last, since I've been become a parent, like it's like I breastfed and then I was osteopenic. Then I did more strength training and then built, you know, my bone mass back up and I was fine for a while. And then, you know, at the tail end of perimenopause, I suspect that's probably why that's becoming an issue again. Cause it's like, it's, I'm doing all the right things. It's just recognizing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the other pieces, you know, we can do a lot proactively, but the genetics piece is undeniable. I mean, some of those things, you know, are beyond our control, if you will. So what's next? I know you were mentioning that you're going to be doing these incredible trips. I think I saw like Croatia and Italy and Portugal, Portugal. Thank you. I was like, Oh, all of some of my favorite parts of, um, you know, and that's the thing. Like I grew up in North central Wisconsin where we didn't have any money. The trip was to like North Dakota, you know? So being able to travel like this, I don't know if everybody knows my story, but we had an extreme, how I got into my job, my husband lost his job and I was a rock climbing guide at the time. And we couldn't even pay our house payments. And we were adopting children at that time. But when you lose a job and you lose insurance, all the headway we put into our adoption, like all like, you know, $20,000, poof, it was like we threw it into a fire. We couldn't pay our house payments. We sold our cars. I would ride my bike to the library so I could write. 
because I had no other reason to wake up in the morning because my life was in the toilet. And I am grateful for that time because it made me struggle and it makes me grateful for today. I still don't have a car. Like I don't have a car here, but that didn't make me happy anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want everybody to be like, you know, I'm a very grounded person, Mm -hmm. but I am very grateful to be able to travel because I never thought in a million worlds I would be able to travel like this. And it's a really fun trip where I teach you all my keto tips and tricks. And if you want to be carnivore, even we'll have food catered to whatever your dietary restriction you have. But more than anything, we just explore the world and make be friends, talk about recipes. And it's really, really amazing. But I'm also writing a sugar-free kids book because I think that it starts with our children and Halle Berry's right in the forward for that. I do have some other books in the work, one with, I shouldn't say who it is, but you can probably all guess who it is, writing a book with a beautiful actress. And I spend most of the time coaching my coaches. So, uh, you know, I have a keto coaching certification. So that's basically a keto college that I help with. And yeah, so that's what I do most of the time. Well, I think it's wonderful. I love what you bring to the space and the inspiration and in your own journey is just so incredible. And it's nice to have other women in this space. I was saying to someone the other day, I I was, someone was talking about the podcast or like, I love the podcast, but you need to interview more women. And so I've been really making an effort to reach out to more women in this space to bring them on because, you know, men can get a sense of maybe what a women experiences, but we're not many men. And I think it's helpful to have the insights from someone who has, you know, looked at life through a similar lens. And certainly I would say the tough times in our lives are the ones that prepare us for, you know, all the good that is to come. And certainly I love seeing all your success and look forward to continuing to follow you. What's the easiest way to connect with you on social media, your website, you have a wealth of information on YouTube as well. You're all over the place. You're so sweet. Well, my husband made the website ketomaria.com because When I first started making a blog, this was before blogging was cool, and I picked the longest URL, (laughs) mariamindbodyhealth.com. I could have picked keto.com back then, but if you go to ketomaria.com, you'll find me everywhere. I'm on Instagram, at Maria Emrick. I have a bunch of private Facebook groups for support. If you even just search the word keto, that's my group. And we just try to help people as much as we can. And I even have like a free ebook if everybody wants that. If you go to mariamindbodyhealth.com and search free ebook, there's a free ebook with meal plans and everything in there because I know times are tough for everybody right now. Well, it's so nice to connect with you. I know that your family is waiting for you outside in paradise. And for everyone that can't see Maria, she has this beautiful hibiscus flower tucked behind her ear that I've been able to admire this entire conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm very grateful. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. 
It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFOS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.